Happy New Year. So good to see everybody here. Um, I, we are going to do what uh, the media guys are like, why are you doing that? But it's just so easy. We're going to start a series called Seeing 2020. It's the year 2020. We'll never have the chance to do this again. Um, and so I know our creative guys are like, really? Are you really going there? And yes, we really went there. We're going to do a series. No other, church is doing this. no other churches in the country is doing this. I'm, I'm certain of it. Um, we're the only one that, that even understands 2020 is that this perfect vision. And that um, we're super excited about what God has for us actually this year. Um, I'm going to open up a prayer, but I'm going to need, um, I want you guys to, to help me out. I, I got two things going on. It's, it's been an emotional year already for me. Um, first off, I'm, you can probably hear it. Um, I'm fighting off some head cold thing, um, one of those fuzzy in the head type things. So I'm going to pray that God would, you know what, in our weakness, he is strong, yes? And so I'm going to pray that he would be strong here uh, for this message. The second thing, though, is uh, my wife is not here right now because she is on the way to the airport uh, with my daughter who came in on the 23rd of December for Christmas from New Zealand. We hadn't seen her since January 1st of 2019. Um, and so she was here for, it was like two nights, and now they're going back to the airport. I understand it was 12 days, but it seemed like it was only two nights. And so um, right before I came here, I had to give her a hug and say, hey, I won't see you again until June. Um, and then my son closed on a house December 30th, which is super exciting for him. <laughs> uh, here's, what I didn't, here's what I didn't realize. Um, on New Year's Day, we moved him out of our house, and that was like a gut punch. Um, he's hearing this for the first time, so sorry, son. Uh, but it's just been up and down. It's been super exciting, and then like, oh, and, then, and um, as you can imagine, trying to get up and give a message where you're trying to see uh, 2020 vision. Uh, I, I told the team, the staff, I was like, wouldn't it be like the enemy to just try to cloud the focus right now? Um, and so I'm just going to pray and ask that God would just have his way and that he would open those. Would you join me in that, doing that? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the one that gives us perfect vision. We thank you that you're the one um, that when we are weak, you are strong. And so, Lord, I pray right now, um, as I find myself um, in an emotional state, not feeling well, um, God, I'm expecting that this could be uh, one of the greatest messages I give, not because of what's inside of, not because of who I am as a person, but, but what's inside of me, and that is your Holy Spirit. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take over. You would speak through me, that you would speak into the hearts and, and, and the lives of every person listening right now. And Lord, we thank you um, that again, as, as we are weak, you are strong. And so, Lord, I pray that you would now communicate through me and that you would penetrate in the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every person listening. Lord, we praise you and give you glory. Ask these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. Um, about eight years ago, it was the summer, it was in June, um, I had a series of headaches. I, I got six pretty bad migraine headaches in about two-week time period. And I was trying to figure out what was going on. And so I went to an eye doctor. Um, I had never been to an eye doctor since I was probably an early teenager. Um, and so I went in there and I said, um, I'm having these headaches and, and I'm hoping maybe that you could help me out. And so he does all the tests that um, eye doctors do. And uh, he came back into the room and he says, I've got good news and I've got bad news. 
And I go, okay, well, what's, what's the good news? He goes, well, I think we've figured out your, your headache problem. And I said, okay. And he goes, do you want to know the bad news? And I said, yeah. He goes, well, you need readers. And I was like, what? And, and he goes, have you noticed that when you've been reading things that you've been pulling it farther and farther and farther away from your face? Now, any of you in this room that have been through this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't know, it, it will come. <laughs> it will come. There will be a day. And I said, well, now that you mention it, I have noticed that. And he, and he goes, well, have you found it hard to read like the menu at a restaurant? And I'm like, yeah, the, these restaurants, their lighting's just not as bright as it used to be. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, that's not the case. Um, and so he begins to proceed to tell me that um, what is happening is that my eyes, and it happens to a lot of people right around the age of 40. I had just turned 40, as a matter of fact. And he said, um, yep, that's about the time. And he said, so here's what, here's what happens. Your eyes, they focus in and out, in and out, in and out, and they're constantly doing that. And so when you're younger, um, your eyes have really no problem with that. And so they... they you see what's out there and then you go to read and it focuses real quick and then it, it goes and you can read close and then you can see far again. And he said, what happens is as you start getting older, get to about the age of 40. He said, what happens is your eyes start to get lazy and they decide that they're not going to focus near anymore. It's like they just get tired of doing that. And he said, um, I, I, I'm going to give you a prescription for just some really um, low... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Magnification, low magnification, thinking of the readers. Um, and he said, but here's, here's what you just need to prepare for. It's just going to get worse as you continue to get older. And I said, well, I do not receive that. And he looked at me. <laughs> he looked at me, excuse me, and he said, uh, well, you may not receive it, but it's going to happen. Um. And so I actually went to the eye doctor uh, about a month and a half ago, and I have these new progressive glasses now because I've got sick and tired of actually having readers. I, I could see you guys, then I couldn't see you guys. I could see you guys. Couldn't. And so now I have these glasses where I can see the moon and the words on this page, depending on where I look at in the glasses. The reason I tell that story is this. I wonder sometimes if we get lazy. We walk with the Lord and we, when we first ask him into a heart, man, we get all about the Bible. We start reading the Bible. We want to know everything that's in the Bible for us. And we, we go into it with an intentionality and we go into it because we want to know more about God. And as we progress in our walk and our relationship with God, it's amazing how all of a sudden the discipline for some uh, begins to wane, and, and maybe what was uh, once a day or maybe even twice a day, it, it goes to maybe it's just a couple times a week or maybe just a few times a month. And I just wonder if we get a little lazy and we stop focusing on the thing that's really important, which is God. And it's amazing at the beginning of every year where we have this unique opportunity to really refocus on things. And yet, what most of the world refocuses on is fleshly stuff, yes? And 
I'm willing to bet, I'm not gonna ask questions right now, but I'm willing to bet that in this room, some of you have even made New Year's resolutions to say, I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna work out, I'm gonna read more, I'm gonna be with my family, whatever it is. And a lot of those, they're good things, don't get me wrong, they're good things, but a lot of those are based out of our flesh on what we think would be better for our lives. And so when we get together as a teaching team and talked about, okay, what, what do we wanna kick off the year with. Um, yeah, we totally did play on the year, the fact that it's 2020. Um, but there is something really true to the fact that perfect vision comes when we focus in on the things that God has for us. And when we take a look at the things that God really wants us to get into. And so in the next four weeks, we're going to talk about, tonight I'm going to talk about faith. Because the Word of God says we live by faith and not by sight. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Next, we're going to talk about love. And the fact that when we see people and we see, when we see God and when we see people, you know, one of our pillars is to engage with God and engage with others. And when we do that in a way that God wants us to, it's amazing how clarity will come to our lives, yes? The third week, we're gonna actually talk about forgiveness because Jesus says, unless you forgive those who have offended you, how is he to forgive us? And I think a lot of times we lose sight of how important forgiveness is in our lives and into how we live in, or how we live our lives. And then the last week, we're actually talking about confession and repentance and the power that comes when we see one another as people that we can go to and actually help, help one another to actually see the way that God wants us to see. And so we're super excited about this series. I'm gonna jump in, um, and, and I just, I, before I get into faith, I just really felt like um, God showed me this. This is a battle. Would you agree with me that this is a battle? This focus, the things that we focus on, it is a battle. And I started reading 2 Corinthians 4. I would encourage all of you, read 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 5 maybe this week, and just do a, a Bible study and, and see what God would speak to you. Um, what I do is I go to biblehub.com, as many of you know, and I just start reading through the section. And if any word jumps out, you can click on the verse and you can look into definitions and the Greek and what it means and all of those things. Um, but what I'm going to do tonight is I'm just going to take a few of those verses that really jumped out to me as I was reading through it. And I'm going to start with 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, in which it says this. Paul is telling the church in Corinth, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So church, I want you to understand, we have an enemy that wants to get you unfocused. Yes? We have an enemy that wants to take the clarity that God wants to give you, and he wants to confuse it, and he wants to get you to be unfocused. And it says very clearly here, and Paul is teaching us, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Okay, if the God of ages blinded the minds of unbelievers, I don't think he just stops with, with unbelievers. I truly believe that he's also trying to get us to be not focused. The difference is we do understand Jesus and we do have the understanding that he wants to give us that focus. And so there's a battle. And interestingly enough, in, this, in these two chapters, he kind of shares and talks about uh, a little bit of that struggle. In 2 Corinthians 4, 6, it says this, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. So here's this battle. The enemy... As Paul says, the God of this age 
wants to take the focus away from us. Jesus wants to light up the areas and give us clarity. And I, I, I just, I, as I was studying this, it actually brought me to Hebrews ten sixteen, where it says this, this is the covenant I will make with them. The them is us, okay? This is the covenant I will make with us, them. And it says this, after that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Now, this time, I don't have enough time to go into this, this teaching aspect, but basically what it's saying is the time was Jesus. When Jesus came, when he died, when he rose again on our behalf, the veil was ripped in two. We no longer had to go to the high priest to hear what God was speaking. We now have direct access to the Father. And here's what's really great about that. That direct access gives us clarity. We just have to want to go to him. We just have to have the desire. My heart, my hope is that as you started 2020, you've said, you know what? I want to get more focused on God than anything else. And guess what? It's not too late because God doesn't work on January 1st. God works every single day. His mercy is brand new every single morning. And so if you're like, well, dang, I missed an opportunity. Nope, you can do it right now. Yes? Going back into 2 Corinthians 4, Jump into verse 15, it says this, all this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. And so as, as we see this battle, and again, go into that story and read it and see it, it talks about our flesh, our earthen vessel versus the heavenly vessel that we'll have when we, when we spend eternity with the Lord and the battle that goes back and forth. And he says this, all of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. The reason that we did last weekend where we did the worship time, and if you weren't here last weekend, let me explain something real quick. This wall right here, uh, that big brown parchment paper was actually on the back wall. And what we asked people to do is we had an extended time of worship. And we asked people to go write the things they were thankful for from 2019. Because um, as we taught last week, uh, we believe that if you express gratitude, it sets the stage for God to come in and begin to give you focus. There's a great power in gratitude, in thanksgiving. And it's, it's said right here, more and more people make us thanksgiving to overflow the glory of God. And so if you haven't done this, I want you to look back to 2019 and be so grateful for what God has done. And for some of you, that might simply mean I'm still alive. I'm still alive. There's actually one person that wrote on there, probably my favorite one on there. After the service, go read some of these things that people said. But my paraphrase to this is um, because of what God has done and because of the church who has taught me how to be vulnerable and share my struggles, I did not take my life in 2019. Oh, dude, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. What it speaks to me is this, man, God wants to give us clarity and, and an understanding. He has a purpose and a plan for us. And so three verses later in verse 18, it says this. So because of this, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is temporal. Is he, sorry, what is unseen is eternal. Second Corinthians verse, or chapter five, verse seven says this. For we live by faith, not by sight. Okay, um, if you're brand new to Shine Church, 
every once in a while I'll ask a question and I actually expect a response. And so I'm going to ask a couple questions at this point and I just want you to um, respond. And here's my first question is, if we are to live by faith and not by sight, what comes to mind when you hear that? If I were to ask you, or if somebody were to ask you and come up to you right now and say, how do you live by faith and not by sight? What would you say? Right here, dear. Do we have the microphone on? Just go ahead and speak out loud, Mason. So some, doing something that makes no sense, at the time it makes no sense, but there's just something that leads you to, I'm going to step out and do this, okay? Somebody else. Yeah. So I'm going to just keep repeating so that people can hear. So what's going on in the world in China and that, okay. And if I spend too much time thinking about it, it's, uh, mm. Spend too much time thinking, you can start feeling hopeless. Okay, so living by faith is reminding yourself that there is a hope. It's not, you don't look at the circumstances that's going on. You can actually see that God's got a purpose and plan in the midst of all the chaos, yes? Is that good? That's really good. Do we have the mic now? Okay, anybody else? Yep, over here. I, <clears throat> I just think about Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain and Isaac asking Abraham, Dad, where's the sacrifice? <laughs> I don't have any idea how he, he did that at that moment. That truly was faith and not by sight. Love that. So Abraham, who Hebrew says was a man of faith, uh, great faith, says that he heard from God. What did he hear? Sacrifice your son. And he was like, okay, I will totally do that. And so they walk up there. Can you imagine what Isaac was thinking? <laughs> what, what's going on, dad? I mean, normal sacrifices um, that have taken place, there's like an animal we bring with us. And don't worry, son, the Lord will provide. Um, I, I was wondering how, how it was that Abraham got his son onto the altar. Um, and you would think that he was been fighting. So not only was Abraham acting in faith, I wonder if Isaac was, had a great faith in that. Well, if God said this, okay, then he must have something there. That's good. Somebody else? Back here. Um. I was talking to someone a few days ago and we were talking about a situation and they said something to the effect of, God, you see, they got an answer to prayer that went like this. You see things in two dimensions, but God's seeing how these pieces are coming together in three dimensions that you can't see at all right now. And it kind of just like hit me like how how we see things just like, well, this is this and that is that, but we don't see all the three-dimensional ways that things are coming together or that God has a plan for us. That's really good. We don't see all the things that God sees, right? And so that's how we live by faith and not by sight. There's understanding God, God knows better than we do, yes? 
Okay, that's good. Monty? Um, I come back to this verse that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. Uh, what, what it says to me is uh, all too often we look at things through our eyes and not through the eyes of the Lord. And uh, it says receive not because you ask not. You know, if we are in a situation where we even think, you know what, God, how can that absolutely, how can that something happen? But we go ahead and pray about it, and it happens. And so, you know, it's, it's not our own understanding. It's leaning on the Lord. It's seeking him first. Is right. it? So what you're, if I'm summarizing that right, you're saying to live by faith and not by sight is to seek him first. Right. Before what we would see, yes? Not the things that we understand, but, but the, the things that are written okay. in, the, in, the, in the book. Love that. Okay, good answer there. Anybody else? Thought that comes to mind. All the way over here, Head. I was thinking of Noah while he's sitting there paddling away, building this boat. And <laughs> everyone around him laughing at him, jeering at him, making fun, saying you're crazy. But despite all that and all the stuff that was going on around him, he did it anyway. That's living by faith. And not by sight. Okay, so we, we have stories in the Old Testament of people who, who did things that didn't seem to make much sense. Um, the Word of God actually says that um, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11.6 says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I'm going to read it one more time. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. I think this is really important that we get a hold of this. If we're to live by faith and not by sight, my hope and my prayer is that God will begin to give us clarity of what this means so that if I were to ever ask that question again, where how do you live by faith and not by sight, that every person's hand would go up and we would just know. Because it's so important that we grab a hold of this because it's impossible to please God without it. Do you guys see that? Lord, help me here. Galatians, in the, in the series on Advent, when we talked about faith, there was one candle that was for faith, candle. And I briefly talked about the fact that Galatians said a couple different things that was very interesting to me. One of the things was this. In Galatians 3, it says, before faith came, meaning that there was a time when faith came. Another uh, verse says, now that this faith has come. And what I presented to you is, could it be that when Jesus died on that cross and rose again, he actually not only gave us the gift of salvation, but he gave us the gift of faith, okay? And, and so if that's the case, I think it's really important that we understand as a church, what is the difference between, this is what I said uh, on that Advent week, that we need to know that there's a difference between trust, belief, and faith. And I actually had several people actually comment to me Okay, can you go into that a little bit more? And so that's what I want to do tonight. I want to go into a little bit of the difference between trust, 
belief, and faith. Because if we're supposed to live by faith and not by sight, and it is impossible to please God without faith, it's probably pretty important that we understand what faith is, yes? Would you guys agree? And so um, I think, before I even start going into this, I, I think that it is something that God wants to um, reveal to each one of us in a, in a personal way. And so when I teach it, it gets to be a little bit difficult because I think that um, I've got my strong opinions on, on things, but DJ has strong opinions too. And it's funny how he and I go back and forth on this. And he goes, Dan, I'm 95% convinced of your position, but not 100%. And so when I get into this, I want you to understand that um, I want you to start studying this out because I think it's important each one of us learn this on our own. Not because some pastor taught us this, but because we went before the Lord and said, God, what is it so that I know what it is to live by faith and not by sight? Does that make sense? All right, so with that understanding, Hebrews eleven six. without faith it is impossible to please God. Romans 14, 23 says something that, um, to be quite honest with you, with me, scares me to death. 14, 23 says this, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Did you guys know that was in the Bible? That everything that does not come from faith is sin. <laughs> Think about all the things you did today. Think about all the things you did just coming to church tonight. The conversations you've had, were they from faith? Or were they just whatever you thought was best to go forth? I think this verse makes me really, really consider what am I doing and am I focusing on God or am I just focusing on whatever I want to focus on? Let's remind ourselves of what sin is. Sin is missing the mark. I've told this before, but I wanna make sure everybody's on the same page. If there was an archery target on the back wall and I pulled a bow and arrow back and I let it go, if I hit anything other than dead center, it's called a sin, okay? And so we're not talking about these big, heinous crimes that we think of when we think of sin, but when it says this, and everything that does not come from faith is sin, everything that doesn't come from faith is missing the mark. Do you guys, can you see that? Are you tracking with me on that? Okay, so, put in my notes. If it is impossible to please God without, and everything that does not come from faith is sin, then I think it's important to know the difference between faith, belief, and trust. Because I think some people have used those and said that they're pretty much the same, and here's what's really interesting. All three of those words come from a very, the same root. And so they are similar, and yet they're very much different. And as I was studying this out, here's what I was actually reminded of. I was actually reminded of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're God, but yet they are very different, yes? And I think trust, belief, and faith, both from the same root, they can be very different. And here's why I think it's important. Um, we live in a world that tosses the word faith around in all kinds of discussions. I have faith in DJ. I have faith in this chair. I have faith in the food that I eat. I, ha I mean, we throw it around pretty nonchalant, and yet it says without faith it is impossible to please God. Could it be that we have the wrong 
understanding of faith out there. Okay, so let's look into these things. Trust. Trust is actually the word pitho. And it is the root word that when you look up believe and faith, they all point back to pitho. And here's what it means. It means to persuade or to be persuaded of what is trustworthy. To per- be persuaded of what is trustworthy. Because that is trust. Belief is a word, the Greek word, pastil. And here's what it means. It means to believe. <laughs> uh, that's really deep right there, isn't it? If you go on into it, though, it says this. It's a persuasion that comes from facts, whether they're right or wrong. Okay, so let me give you my quick definition. And again, um, this is from my study. I encourage you to study. Janelle came up to me right before the service and she said, man, I had a word as I was reading through your notes. I had a word for you. She said, I felt like as you were speaking, um, you know those chafing dishes where you have you know, catered meals and stuff and you put the little Bunsen burners underneath? Um, she goes, I just saw that God was going to be putting these little Bunsen burners under people as you were teaching. And my heart and my hope is that as we go into this, that it would start a little fire in, in you to actually go pursue and start to look into these things. Don't just take it for what I said, but go and study these things out, okay? So here's what I have studied out, and here's what I think. I think trust is a persuasion that is based on experience, Okay? So I have different experiences with different people. I can have different experiences um, with my family, with my wife, and I can have different experiences with God. And there are certain times where he has come through and he has done supernatural things in my life. And because he's done that in the past, I find myself saying this, I trust in the Lord. Why? Because he's been faithful in the past, and so therefore I trust him to be faithful in, in my future. Yes? That makes sense? Okay, belief. Belief, if it's a persuasion that comes from facts, then a belief is this. I can be talked into something I believe. Somebody can come and tell me all the facts and figures. Uh, One of the classes I used to teach was foundations, and I love to teach that. Uh, As a matter of fact, when we were talking at Christmas time for an Advent, I told the story about the silver dollars. You guys remember that? And the prophecy? That's one of those facts things that actually puts people into a perspective to go, oh my gosh, if that's the probability of a prophecy happening and being fulfilled in Jesus Christ, wow, I tend to lean more to believing in him because of of the facts of the matter. Now, it's interesting, it can be used in both wrong or right ways. You can be convinced of something that somebody has told you and believe it and still be wrong. Does that make sense? I could be a really good teacher and start communicating that the law of gravity does not exist. And I could get people to believe it, we could become the first church of gravity doesn't exist. And just because we all believe it doesn't mean that it's correct, right? Oh, get this. I hope you're putting the pieces together. Because there's a lot of teachings out there that sound right, that seem like they have the right ideas, and a lot of people are led to go that way, and they start to believe that, but it doesn't make it right. Sincerity of belief doesn't make something right, church. It's interesting, as I was kind of looking this up, Um, Thomas, doubting Thomas, 
If you remember, Jesus comes and he appears to all the disciples. You guys remember that story? And um, he wasn't there. And so he comes in and all the disciples start, Thomas, Thomas, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. And he's like, I, I don't believe you. And he says, unless I put my fingers in the nail wounds and touch his side, I will not believe. And what he's saying is, I don't care what facts you tell me. I don't care what things you tell me. I will not believe. And you know what? Guess what? We live in a world where people are saying that about Jesus Christ every day, yes? And so you can't just fight from a logistical or logic side of things. You have to come from the trust side. You have to come from the belief side. And then you also have to come from the faith side. All right, so let's look into faith. The dictionary definition of faith is this, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. This is the example they use. This restored one's faith in politicians. <laughs> Man. I think we're in trouble if we put the word faith in politicians with the same word, it is impossible to please God without faith. Would you agree? I think we're, I think we're in trouble there because it's gonna get really cloudy at that point. The second definition says there's a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. A system of religious belief and then the example they gave, the Christian faith. Or you could say the Buddhist faith or the Islamic faith. And that's the second use of faith. And again, I think we find ourselves in a cloudy position where there's not much clarity if that's the faith that we have to have to please God. So I went into the Word and I wanted to see if there's definition there. Well, as many of you already know, faith is clearly defined in the Word of God. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says this, now faith is. Okay, would you guys all agree that when it starts with now faith is, we're about to get a definition? As a matter of fact, I tried to find a place where it says, a place where it says now belief is. I couldn't find one. Maybe there is one. Or now trust is. I couldn't find one. But this is so important to God, which makes sense because without it, it's impossible to please him, yes? And it says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see confidence of what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. Other translations say a confidence in, uh, uh, in the things, that being certain of things that we can't see. Being certain of things we can't see. And I know I've said this before, but just by show of hands, how many of you, if you don't see something that somebody's telling you, how many of you have a little bit of trouble being confident in the thing you can't see? Just be honest. Okay, most of us in this room. Man, faith, which it's impossible to please God without it, is being certain of things you can't see. Okay, anybody else struggling yet? If it left us there, um, it would be kind of discouraging, and he doesn't leave us there, and I'll talk about that in just a minute. But let's define faith. From the biblical perspective, if you look it up, it comes from the word pistis. Interesting, 
to me at least, truth is a verb, belief is a verb, faith is a noun. Belief is an action, trust is an action, faith is a person, place, and person, place, or thing. Which actually, to me, kind of goes back to that whole gift idea. I believe that God gives us a gift of faith. It's a person, place, or thing. It's something that we can obtain, not something that we go and do. Is that helping? I know I got you thinking right now. <laughs> if you look it up, it says this. It's to be persuaded, a persuasion, to persuade, to come to trust, faith. Faith is always a gift from God and never something that can be produced by people. In short, pistis, faith, for the believer is God's divine persuasion and therefore distinct from human belief, yet involving it. It goes on and says, in scripture, faith and belief are not exactly the same. Faith always comes from God and involves his revelation. Therefore, faith is beyond belief. It goes on and says, there's all kinds of stuff. Go into Bible Hub and read this stuff. It's incredible, it's great. But it says, faith is God's work. Faith is never the work of people. We cannot produce faith ourselves, nor can we drum it up. Rather, faith comes as Christ speaks his rhema word within. So, trust is a persuasion based on experience. Belief is a persuasion based on the facts. And I would submit to you that faith is a persuasion that comes by revelation. Romans 10, 10 17 says this. So faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. All right, so let me see if I can put, place this, put this together and we'll conclude. Could it be, church, that in, in God wanting us to have clarity, in God wanting us to live by faith and not by sight, could it be that God has put together something that he wants us to grab a hold of and understand and comprehend that maybe the enemy has tried to cloud and take the vision away. If it is impossible to please God, Hebrews eleven six, without faith, and five verses earlier, faith is defined as being certain of things we can't see, then it's really important to understand how do we become certain of things we don't see. Well, Revelation, or Romans says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Church, I would submit to you this, that clarity of vision, seeing 2020 in regards to living by faith, it comes from our intimate walking, talking relationship with God. We've got to hear from God in order to have faith. See, I think a lot of people think faith is like the Indiana Jones. You guys remember that movie? Some of you probably have never seen it. But there's a scene in Indiana Jones where Harrison Ford has to go from this to another place and there's just a huge ravine. And so he's standing at the precipice and he's looking out and a scripture comes 
to mind. And he's like, oh yeah, you gotta step out in faith. So he just steps out like this and boom, and he lands on a solid state. You guys remember that in the movie? And then, so he steps back, takes some dirt and throws it across and he sees the platform. I'm like, why didn't he take the dirt beforehand anyway? Let's just see if there's something here. And I think a lot of times people think faith is stepping out into this precipice where, man, if, I don't, if, if, I, if there's not something there, I'm going to be completely destroyed. I'm going to completely die. And that it's this blind step that we just have to take and walk out. And in order to please God, we have to do these incredibly radical things where we have no idea what's going to happen. And I would submit to you that I don't think that's the way that the Lord works. That the Lord is actually saying, hey, actually, I want to speak to you. I want to give you my word so that you know it inside. And then, as Mason, you said, and then I'm going to step out in things that nobody else would see. But I see it because God spoke it to me. And because God spoke it to me, then I can step out in faith when everybody else is going, no, don't do that, no, don't do that, no, don't do that. And I've had a couple instances in my life where that has taken place. One was when God removed me, or not removed me, God told me that he was taking me from Southwind Fellowship, which was the church in South Carolina that I was youth pastor at, and, and bringing me to Colorado, back, to, back home. And... <laughs> I'll never forget laying in bed one night and I was falling asleep. It was just after a mission trip. I was laying in bed and you, you know when you're falling asleep and all of a sudden like a softball hits your head and you're like, ah! you know what I'm talking about? Or a Frisbee or something, your, your cat jumps at you and you're like, ah! you know, I, it's something like that where you're falling and it just wakes you up. Well, I'm, I'm falling asleep. I'm thanking God for just a successful mission trip and I am just jolted out of that and wide awake all of a sudden, adrenaline pumping. And it wasn't something hitting my head. It was actually uh, the Lord speaking to me. Now I didn't hear him audibly, but this thought that just penetrated when I, I'm taking you from this church. And I was like, okay, Lord, do I tell him now? And he said, no, just keep serving the pastor there and I will make it clear to you. And so three months later, I actually have a meeting with that pastor and he had been gone for a month long trip and he sits across the table from me and he says, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but I've been praying for the vision for next year. And he goes, I'm just gonna say it. You're not in it. <laughs> wow, ouch. Now here's the beauty of this. Because God had spoke to me, I wasn't offended, I wasn't hurt. I looked at him straight across the table and I said, I know. For those of you who know, I worked for Pastor Terry, and he looked at me, and I, I've never seen a more nervous man go glad in an in a instant. Because he, he didn't know. How do, you, how do you go about telling somebody they're not in the vision for next year? And the fact that God had prepared the way, it was such a faith builder for both he and I. And for me to be able to go, I know, he was, he was just so, oh wow, okay, so God is orchestrating this. And I never doubted for a second that that's what God had for me. Now, here's what that meant. I had to take my wife, my two-year-old, my one-month-old, I had to move back to Colorado with no job, no house, and go, God, 
I believe that you've called me to come do this. And I stepped out in faith because I heard from the Lord. And man, it's led me to where I'm at actually today. Helen. Yes, so she's reading Hebrews 11. Um, do we have the mic while well, I talk to her real quick? Uh, so Hebrews 11, I encourage you to read that this week too because it talks all about actually this faith. <coughs> That's what I was going to say, is that I would encourage you guys all to go read because I'm just finding like crazy stuff. Um, but anyways, it goes that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And then it just goes on about so many people throughout the Old Testament. So by faith, Abel brought... Uh, God a better offering than Cain did by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, when warned about things not seen um, in fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went even though he did not know where he was going. Um, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And then it goes down like later on, sorry, boom, by faith <laughs> Isaac, by faith Jacob, by faith Joseph, and it just goes and says all of these things. Um, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning and they were sawed in two they were killed by the sword they went about in sheepskins and goatskins destitute persecuted and mistreated the world is not worthy of them they wandered in deserts and mountains living in caves and in holes in the ground these were all commended for their faith yet none of them received what, God, what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect and I just thought that was like super powerful and challenging like kind of encouraging but also like scary but I don't know. I was just encourage you guys to go read all of the examples that are in there because I was just like, I don't know, the whole idea of blind faith, like you were saying, that doesn't make sense to anybody else. It's just like story after story and encouraging thing from the Old Testament that we can see when God um, promised those things, those people that they didn't even get to fulfill. That's good. Okay, so so here's, <laughs> give you a little insight into DJ and I conversation on this. I I have this resolution in me the faith comes by hearing and hearing alone. And as a matter of fact, in December, I said this. In the Old Testament, faith is eerily absent. Okay? And I don't know if you've looked that up or not. We encourage you to do so. But you will go into the Old Testament and you will see these men and these women that Helen just read about and the stories that they had. But here's what's interesting. In those stories, the word faith is actually not brought up. It says that they obeyed, that they did what God told them to do. Um, but then in Hebrews, it actually ties back and says, hey, listen, these men and women were great men and women of faith. Okay? And so DJ and I have been going around back and forth and, and texting. And cause he's, I'm like, show me the Old Testament where faith is. And DJ's like, well, read Hebrews 11. And I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not actually a part of the story. And he's like, well, yeah, it is. because." And so we just go back and forth. So just so you know, we don't have it all figured out. We're still learning in the middle of this. We're still growing in all this. But I think that there is something very important to understand that 
God wants us to grab a hold of, and that is this. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and without hearing from him, it is impossible to please him. If anything that we do without faith is sin, which Romans says, if that's the case, then it's really important that we grab a hold of this concept that faith, whether it comes solely from a rhema word of God or maybe even just the logos word of God, we have to hear from God in order to step out and to walk in the things that God has for us. Darren, if you could bring the mic to Mason. So <coughs> these men and women, here's what's interesting to me, that it writes about in Hebrews, if you were to replace the word faith with these words, heard from God. By hearing or hearing or hurry, hearing or hurrying. Heard from God or hearing from God. So for instance, for Abraham, by faith, by hearing from God, Abraham left his family and went to the country. By hearing from God, Noah spent 100 years to build an ark. If you take the word faith and put hearing from God or heard from God, it's amazing how all of a sudden you go, oh yeah, of course. These men, these women, they heard from God and because of that, they stepped out. DJ did a message uh, a couple months ago talking about obedience in the Old Testament actually means, if you look it up, it means to hear. And as if we go forward, as, as we go forward into 2020 and God wants to give us vision, clarity of vision, I think it's very important to understand that God wants to give us faith and that faith comes by hearing. So as you were talking about that, I was just reminded of a quiet time I had um, earlier this morning and I was reading Hosea um, 13 and I think it's verse six. It says that this is kind of a contrast where you're saying like, Faith isn't necessarily prevalent in the Old Testament. And it says, the people were hungry, and so I fed them. And I fed them, and they were satisfied. And they were satisfied, so they became proud. And because they became proud, they forgot me. And I was like, Lord, what does this mean? And I felt like he told me because there was no delay between their hunger and their feeding. And I felt like the same thing you're talking about with there being a promise and God giving us the faith to wait. Like, like God says, Dan you're going to be a part of this church no longer, you know? And then three months later, there's an absence, and then God shows you. I feel like the Lord told me that sometimes he allows us to grow in waiting for him, where we wait for the Lord to step mm -hmm. in, and we wait on God, and we wait on him always. That's another thing it says in, in Hosea. And when we wait for him, our faith is grown, and there's almost a part of that suffering. Whereas if we're hungry, and like you just give me a plate of food as soon as I get hungry, there's no faith there. It's just me eating but if somebody's hungry and they say, hey, where's the food? And another person says, God told me he was going to be here with food. God told me there would be food here. And like you're willing to wait in the place for God to show up and bring the food rather than just like I, I came and I ate. I came and I ate. And so. So you, when you said something right there where you said that our waiting increases our faith. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you replace faith with hearing from God, our waiting increases our hearing from God. Yeah if we have the right focus. The problem is, in the waiting, I get impatient. Anybody else? Yeah. Anybody else? And the truth is, God wants us to wait without a doubt, and he wants us to understand 
that he's going to speak to us, and he wants to speak to us, and he sent Jesus. Why? Because he wants us to know that we have direct access to him. Because that direct access actually lets us to hear from him, from our Father, and when we hear from him, then we can step out in things of faith. It's not a blind faith. It's not stepping out in what somebody else is doing. It's stepping out in what God is telling you to do and then boldly going out and being certain of the thing that you hadn't seen. Why? Because you heard God speak it to you. And so I'm gonna conclude by just simply saying this. God wants every single one of us to have clarity. But it's not gonna come in the way that we expect. We spoke about this over Christmas. God comes in ways that um, maybe we're not looking for or maybe we're not ready for, but if we have our antennas up to, to be paying attention, I believe that God will begin to speak to us. And when he speaks to us, that we can step out and then we can begin to step out in faith because he is directing and he is leading. As a matter of fact, I believe with all of my heart, I, I, I haven't even fully got to tell this to the staff yet, but as praying for this year, you know, the first year and a half of starting this church, which is a whole nother step of faith for us to step out, um, it, we've been just getting it going and ultimately just, you know, trying to figure out what this looks like as a church. I believe 2020 is going to be a year where God can start giving us vision for moving forward. Like, what is he moving us into? Where is he taking us as a church? And how are we as the body of Christ going to go into this world, into Castle Rock, into Douglas County, and make a huge impact? Up until this time, we've just been getting this thing going. But this could be the year that we actually step out and move into the things that this church is going to be um, a light for in this community. Um, it comes, though, from waiting on him and hearing because if we don't hear from God and we step out into things, we're just doing good things. We're not doing God things. And I pray that this year would be a year where we as a body of Christ, each one of us, would step forth in the things that he's telling us. And if he's not telling us to do something, then we'll wait that we'll take the time, we'll spend time with him, we'll get into his word, we'll spend time in prayer until he does speak to us. Because I think the greatest mistake we can make is to step out into anything that we don't know the Lord is speaking us to do. Yes. Right. There's tangible. I agree. I think God wants to give us tangible faith. He doesn't say, he doesn't say this, God gives us faith, or without faith it's impossible to please him, and then says, hey, good luck figuring this out. Get that, because some people probably think that. God would not say, it's impossible to please me without faith, and then just go, good luck. 
figure it out. Figure out which precipice you need to step off of. And I hope you're right. That would be a mean God. He gives us, what Leah said, he gives us actually very practical things so that we can step out. Now here's the beauty. As I stepped out into this church, my family members and other people, well, that's great for you. You're crazy. But man, it was something I knew that God had spoke. And so we step out. What to other people looks like, it's a, you're stepping over craziness, the precipice. It's actually, no, 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 God's got me. Totally, I have to step out of this. Craig, going to wrap up. Go. Just seems to me that faith gives you, it dispels fear and gives you courage and strength to move on and to do whatever God has planned for you. It dispels fear. And what was the second thing? And encourages you? It gives you? you strength. And gives you strength. It gives you strength and courage. If you understand this. True. If you understand this. Because if you think faith is a blind step, you're scared to death. Because you could fall. But if you know that God has spoke to you and he just simply wants you to step out into what he said to you, then that should take away the fear and that should be encouraging and strengthening to you. And that's my heart and my hope is that God would begin to speak to all of us and that he would begin to give us an understanding of what his purposes and his plans are and that we would begin to receive and hear those things and then step out with boldness and with courage and with encouragement and with no fear, because God will take us where he wants to lead us. Leah. No, don't apologize. This is good. Grab the mic, there. It also doesn't say that the evidence comes after the faith. It says that the faith is the evidence. Mm. Mm. I'm going to have to ponder that one. That's good. Faith is the evidence. Heavenly Father, <laughs> we could go on and on. Um, and Lord, we, we just thank you. And I, Lord, believe with all of my heart that you didn't put a verse in the Bible that says that it's impossible to please you without actually giving us your voice and your heart so that we can actually do that. And so, Lord, I pray that um, where I failed in communicating this message, Holy Spirit, come and that you would just penetrate into the hearts and the minds of, of, of everybody that listened. And God, I pray that we would be a church and that we would be a body, that we would be a people that hear your voice and that we individually will step out then in faith because we can be certain of what you've said. And so, Lord, I pray that as we head into 2020, and as even we've been playing on that with seeing 2020, God, I pray that you would give us eyes of faith, that we go from living by what we see to living by what we hear. And Lord, I thank you for these things in your name. Amen.